the Action Network Podcast. I'm just about that action, boss. Ready? Ready. All right, here we go. From the 10, throwing end zone. Spectacular catch. They're saying it's a catch. Touchdown. You see, most gamblers, when they go to gamble, they go to win. Oh, my God. That's incredible. Big bank, small bank, I like to make money. All right. That is the ultimate kibosh. You want to bet? <laughs> and we are underway. What is up, everyone? Welcome to the Action Network podcast presented by BetMGM, the king of sportsbooks. I'm your host, Chris Raybon, and today we've got our NFL player projections for week number 11. We're going to run through our top five at each position, discuss players we're especially high and low on this week, and we'll throw out some player props for each position as well. Here to break it down with me, one of the most accurate fantasy football rankers in the game, the Ozmaker, Sean Kerner. Sean, what's going on? What's up? Uh, welcome back. Hopefully you had fun on your like semi-vacation, uh, even though you were probably working the whole time. But uh, hope you had fun at the wedding. Oh, yeah, definitely did. And uh, <laughs> but I'm back now. And uh, how are you doing, man? I'm good. And you didn't even know where the hell you were, but you were like right by me if you were in San Pedro. So, um, yeah. Yeah, I'm still trying to get the uh, the geography <laughs> down here. But right. I, I realized that after. Uh, <laughs> But uh, yeah, let's uh, let's hop right into quarterbacks. Uh, who do you got for your top five? We go All right, so yeah, top five. Uh, I have Josh Dobbs. Uh, J- I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> Patrick Mahomes, Jalen Hurts, yeah. Josh Allen, uh, still in my top three. Uh, Lamar Jackson and Tua. Yeah, I got Mahomes, Jackson, Jalen Hurts, Dak Prescott, and Tua. Uh, who you high on? Uh, I'm high on Josh Dobbs. He's not my number one quarterback, but he's my number 10 quarterback. Uh, ECRs, QB 16, have to imagine they're just recycling last week's rank. uh, And, you know, they'll move it up uh, as people actually make their week 11 projections. But, you know, he's coming off a top five scoring week against the Saints last week. Um, You know, going forward, he's only going to get more familiar with the playbook, more familiar with his teammates, you know, getting that chemistry. Um, And he might be getting you know, arguably the best receiver in the game back this week in Justin Jefferson. So he just has a really good supporting cast. You know, he has massive rushing upside. He's been tapping into that even more with the Vikings. He's cleared uh, 44 yards uh, in both games and scored a rushing touchdown in both games. This is also, you know, a great matchup against the Broncos. So just everything is going Josh Dobbs's way right now. And I think he's an excellent Streaming option, fantasy, and a guy that might, you know, continue to produce at like a low-end QB1 level the rest of the way, especially with uh, Justin Jefferson hopefully returning soon. Yeah, it's Josh Dobbs' world. We're just we're just living in it. I mean, <laughs> the, this guy the astronaut. Is... That's his nickname, right? <laughs> I like that. Yeah, I've seen that one too. I mean, I, I don't I don't know if I love it. It's a little. It's a little. I feel like you got like Josh Dobbs. I feel like that just might be. You right. know what I mean? But. Tashanat is uh, pretty a lot of syllables, but hey, if he likes it, fuck it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I've been along for the ride. I've been on Minnesota the last two weeks, so um, yeah, it's, it's been fun with Josh Dobbs. And if he gets Justin Jefferson back, he's gonna, you should get Osborne back too. Yep. So and you have uh, Jalen Naylor played almost every snap, so you have like a a really decent supporting cast at, at the pass catcher positions for Dobbs. So yeah, excited to see what he can do that Denver defense is playing a lot better. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think if Jefferson's back, that will really 
uh, put him yeah. over the edge. I am high on Kyler Murray. Uh, he's my QB eight. He's QB thirteen in ECR. And you know, last week, you know, we were kind of worried. You know, is how how is he going to look throwing the football and how is he going to look running the football? Look pretty solid doing both. Uh, you know, two scrambles for twenty yards. He also had four design runs. Now the the one thing was that he did uh, lose a goal line carry, so that that wasn't ideal. But hmm. you know, overall, still going up against a Houston defense that is 20th in pass defense DVOA. You're going against CJ Stroud and you have the Arizona defense. Like he's going to put up like 30 points on you. So I think Arizona is going to be in in a kind of game script where they're going to have to throw the football. Uh, I think Kyra's only going to get healthier, uh, only going to get more familiar with the scheme. So, um, you know, it's, it's one of those weeks where, you know, what did you have? Josh Dobbs, QB 10, Uh, you know, Allen's in a tough matchup. Mm -hmm. Herbert hasn't been, quite as good lately so i i think uh kyra murray deserves to be in the uh top 10 didn't really see any kind of red flags right uh last week yeah and they were way more pass heavy um last week i think it was the fourth highest pass rate uh, on early downs in like a neutral situation uh which wasn't great for my under on his passing our prop but he <laughs> almost stayed under somehow if they just like pi'd uh McBride there or he just incompletes it have a shot for that somehow uh but clearly they're they're going to be more willing to be more pass heavy with Kyler back yeah well if it makes you feel any better you did hit the over on the prop (laughs) I set on this earlier in the week so you you got 200 and a half right yeah something like that um yeah yeah I think it was yeah 200 200, yeah in that range so um yeah you look good uh I have projected about uh, 230 this week so nothing crazy Mm -hmm. but Against Houston, like you could get, you could get into a shootout with with this team. So, and you're in, you're indoors. So, yeah, uh, you know, good, good spot for Kyler. Who are you low on a quarterback? I'm a little bit low on Joe Burrow. Um, You know, against the Ravens, he's uh, my QB 13 to open the week. And, you know, he's playing at a really high level right now. That's five straight games of multiple touchdowns for him, two straight games of, 340 plus yards he's you know clearly over his calf injury so uh, he looks a lot more mobile he's tapping into his rushing upside a bit more but this is just you know a brutal matchup on Thursday night uh, against the Ravens you know they've allowed the fewest fantasy points per game to opposing QBs and you know Jamar Chase looked great he played through the back injury just fine so I think we can trust Burroughs like a low-end QB one but without T Higgins that that does ding him just a little bit um, so, you know, I think we can still trust Burrow, but more as like a low end QB one, whereas going forward, I, I think he could be like a top five quarterback the rest of the way, but this week specifically, I'm much lower on him. Yeah. It's one of those divisional matchups, uh, going against Baltimore without T short week. So probably he's not going to be a massive, massive day, um, for him, but, uh, we shall see. I have him pretty well too. I have him. Yeah. I'm QB, you're 18. So yeah, I think, what do you have in QB 12? 13. So 13, just outside yes, I'm the... Even, I'm even lower. Oh, damn. <laughs> but you'd probably, like, even though you have him ranked low, you'd probably start him over a guy like, I don't know who you have him ranked over, but like, uh, like a Russell Wilson or someone like that. Yeah. Like it's probably I mean, tight in that range. It is tight. You know, I'll probably adjust. I mean, yeah, the, losing T Higgins, not ideal. And going against one yeah. of the top defenses, also not ideal. So... Yeah, it's just um, it's one of those weeks. Just don't love it. 
Uh, yeah. I'd rather take my chance with a guy like Josh Dobbs or Sam Howe or somebody like that. Mm-hmm. But uh, I am low on Josh Allen. And I don't have him like outside of startable range, but I do have him outside the top five. I, I think, you know, this Jets defense is one we have to lower expectations for Allen against. And of course, they just fired their offensive coordinator, Ken Dorsey. So there's that. But the yeah. Jets defense in the last three meetings versus Josh Allen has held him to 196 passing yards per game, two touchdowns, five picks. And overall, you know, passing and rushing combined, 252 total yards on average with just four total touchdowns and six turnovers. So uh, this is not the usual Josh Allen that we normally get against his Jets defense. And, you know, even though they're switching coordinators, this offense is clearly out of sorts. So they wouldn't have fired their offensive coordinator in the first place. Uh, so I, I think it's going to be another tough, tough matchup. And they look like they found something with James Cook mm-hmm. down the stretch, you know, him dribbling the, the, the football all over the place <laughs> and getting big yards while doing it. Um, he was playing some and one football out there, but <laughs> yeah, I think, uh, I think it's a tough, it's going to be a tough week for, for Josh Allen. All right. What do you have for props? Well, uh, we're going to have some fun here. Uh, you know, sometimes it's, it's fun to project somebody that's just like playing way above expectations like Puka Nakua after the first week or two. Uh, I like projecting guys in the other direction too, like awful, awful players like <laughs> Tommy DeVito. Um, so oh, let's, let's uh, project his passing yards. It's insignificant for fancy purposes, but for like player props and things like that, uh, it's going to be really fun to see what they put out. So assuming he starts, against the commanders um i have his opening line at oh man where do i want to set this uh 134 and a half 134 and a half <laughs> <laughs> uh i'll go i'll go over i okay good the commander's defense is not very good um you know the pressure is not is not going to be there as much without young and Sweat and Devito. Let's see, what is the average? About just under five yards an attempt. So he would need pretty good. What like what's that? Um, 20, 30, 30, No, not even thirty. Twenty-five. Like twenty-six, twenty-seven attempts. Uh, I mean, that's he got twenty-seven against Dallas, but you know, obviously a much tougher defense. So yeah, uh, I'll bank on him hitting a big play or two <laughs> against this Washington defense. I mean, the Giants always own Washington, right? It's it's it just. It's weird things always happen when the mm. Giants play Washington. And, you know, DeVito, in the, at the end of that Raider game, he was 15 of 20 for 175 and a touchdown in, you know, kind of garbage time. But yeah, uh, it's not like he's completely – like we've never seen him complete a pass longer than 10 yards or something. So, yeah, I'll go, I'll go over. But, I mean, what do they have, Barkley and Eason in, waiting in the wings too? So yeah, we could get that's benched, what I'm I thinking. Suppose. That's what I'm but thinking. Why would you like, bench him? Like it's you're already tanking I, now. I, I I wouldn't blame him either direction. Like there, there's really no point to anything right now. Um, but you know, I, I think that his prop might be a little bit higher than that. But uh, yeah. you know, it was fun trying to set that to say the least. But I think no, there right. is. It at was least, not fun at all. <laughs> it, I had a blast. Wasn't fun trying know. to bet it. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder. Yeah, they might not even have a prop for him, so maybe this is a waste of time. But it was, it, you know. It's not quite the Kendall Hinton bad, but, you know, it's bad right now for sure. Oh, Kendall Hinton. What a guy. Can't believe that that uh, 
that game. What was the the line on that game? It was like it was like it was like the, it was in the like twenties or something, right? The total oh, was like I think. It, oh, <laughs> like the 31. total. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm yeah. Tra- I'm trying to remember. That. It was like uh, Saints by fourteen, but the and total I, was like thirty one or something. I don't know if we had a hint and prop. I remember like hitting like there's like a Jerry Judy or Noah Fant prop or something like mm-hmm. that. They're they're receiving yards. That's all we had access to. Um, but yeah, that that was fun. Yeah, I hope DeVito's a little better. Although he does sound, doesn't he sound like kind of like some guy from New York that just won a contest to start for the Giants? Like, oh, yeah, for DeVito, sure. Out of, <laughs> out, of, out of Brooklyn, like or Long Island. Like, it's just yeah. like, yeah, it's crazy. But and he still is <laughs> with his parents. I mean, yeah, Jesus. Yeah, it's it's a whole thing. But, hey, like I said, the commanders, they do this. They do, they do mm. weird things against the Giants. So, uh, all right, let's go to running back. Who you got in the top five? Uh, I got uh, Christian McCaffrey, Austin Eckler, Travis Etienne, Tony Pollard. What the hell? Uh, and then we're getting really spicy here with Javante Williams as my RB5. Ooh, yeah. Okay. Uh, I got McCaffrey, Eckler, Etienne, Jacobs, and Brees Hall, which I'm not feeling great about because he's so <laughs> boomer bust. Like, And I've talked yeah. about this. It's like if he doesn't break a big run – and the offensive line is getting, you know, more and more banged up. It's this guy's averaging like three yards a carry. And uh, yeah. I don't think he's had a run longer than like 10. I don't think he's had a 15 yard run in, in since like week five or something like that. It's mm. been, it's been a struggle for, for Brees on the ground, but I gotta, I'll stick with him for now. But yeah, and Paul is another one. I, I, I have, Ugh. I don't want him in my top five either. So yeah, it's, we'll see. It was maybe HN will uh, come back and just put him there. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, who you high on? Uh, well, I'm high on Javante Williams. You know, I, I just let it ride on Tuesday mornings. So, you know, he's my RB5. Uh, and for good reason, too. You know, similar to Brees Hall, uh, we've seen Javante just slowly work his way into the lead role uh, coming back from, you know, a significant injury last year in an ACL tear. Um, but lately, you know, he's been dominating, you know, the rushing work. And while he doesn't run, you know, as many routes as you'd like for lead back, he still gets targeted very heavily on those routes uh, when he's on the field, right around like a 30% rate. So that it still allows him to get, you know, three to four receptions a game. Uh, plus, you know, over this three-game win streak, the, the Broncos have definitely been leaning on the run, um, not just because they had a leading game script. You know, they had the ninth highest early down run rate in neutral situations, so um, they're definitely trying to run the ball a lot more. Uh, they're slight home favorites here. Uh, so just a lot of different factors why he's, uh, you know, popping in my model. And yeah, it's it's pretty tight, you know, from like RB5 to like RB14. It's like less than a point separating everybody. So his, his rank could go down a bit. But as of now, he's checking all the right boxes. Um, and like I said, just seeing enough work in the passing game to give him that top five upside. So uh, I'm high on him. And then, uh, you know, we're, we're kind of souring on Tony Pollard for good reason, but that's kind of why I'm high on Rico Dowdle right now. Um, you know, he's my RB40 right now, so it's not like I'm projecting him as an RB3 flex option quite yet. But, you know, if Pollard does continue to struggle, you know, Dowdle has been the more efficient runner. He could start to eat into Pollard's workload, um, even in non-blowout games. Uh, so he, he's essentially turning into the Tony Pollard from last year and Pollard's Zeke Elliott. So, uh, you know, we could see him uh, split more work, 
And uh, I, I don't think he has the same chances of leapfrogging Pollard as, say, like a Chuba Hubbard or Devin Singletary that we were talking about a few weeks ago. But it's it's definitely a non-zero chance. And uh, this week against the Panthers, you know, Cowboys are big favorites. This is a great matchup for running backs. You can get away with playing Dowdle as like an RB3 flex play. But I just think right now he has RB2 injury upside at least, um, you know, playing behind Pollard. So he's worth a stash right now. And who knows? He could carve out a role where he's, you know, producing flex value even with a healthy Pollard. So uh, having said that, I'm high on Dowdle, you know, short term for this matchup and potentially long term. Yeah, Carolina has been one of the worst uh, run defenses yeah. uh, in the league this year. They are. 32nd, 31st, 34th uh, in DVO. Yeah, 31st, yep. There you yeah. go. They and the Broncos yeah, so, keep flip-flopping right there. Yeah, the Bron- I mean, the Broncos just have that outlier. So Carolina, for all intents <laughs> and purposes, is probably wow. uh, probably dead last. I am high on Jalen Warren. Jalen Warren, you know, he is kind of doing what we thought he would do in the offseason, and that's Leapfrog, Najee Harris. Uh, now you're starting to get Tomlin essentially saying, hey, yeah, like this is this guy's going to be our, our starting running back. So uh, I'm expecting Warren's usage to continue to go up. It's a tough matchup against Cleveland, but uh, I still think, you know, he should be ranked above Harris, and he's still not an ECR. So uh, hmm. like him, you know, he had 50%, ran around on 50% of the dropbacks last week and had – one fewer carry than Najee Harris. So this week, I think you probably see Warren get more carries and continue to uh, run more routes. So uh, he is inside my top 25 running backs for this week. Najee is not. Uh, so like Love Warren. Him. Yeah, man. Fine. What was, uh, what was Tomlin's like exact quote? Like, was he like, I didn't see that. Like, is he, Let's... he's saying he is absolutely our starter or was he kind of just alluding to it or? So he's been so he was announced as a starter, like in the in the game or whatever, you know. Like, I guess. Oh, okay. So that was last week, and he got his highest, um, you know, highest workload. Like he got, he essentially was equal in carries and ran more routes. So he had his highest workload of the season. Said Tomlin told him he was a starter the night before. Oh wow! So nice. yeah, and uh, George Pickens was not announced as a starter. He was complaining about not seeing enough targets, so Tomlin didn't let him get announced as the the starters. He saw that too. Geez, I didn't. I, so, I actually did not see that. Oh um, yeah, that's. I'm not just, surprised. I mean, Pickens is. You know that after that blow up on what was it the Thursday night game. I'm not surprised. He's been. Yeah, he's still a young guy, and I, you know Tom is going to kind of give him some tough love. Exactly. <laughs> but yeah, no, Jalen Warren. I mean, finally this guy because he was already kind of you know coming out of the bye, inching up there a little bit in terms of his mm-hmm. workload. But last week was the first time where he really kind of drew even with Najee and carries and then surpassed him in routes. Uh, so yeah, I like him to continue to do that. Uh, who are you low on? Uh, I'm low on Saquon Barkley again. Uh, you know, I have him RB 22 ECR has him RB 12 for some reason. Um, you know, I, I, I mentioned I was low on him last week and it just, it has nothing to do with Barkley specifically just with Tommy DeVito in her center. That's just a huge drop off from, you know, Daniel Jones and Tyrod Taylor even, so this this offense just will not function in a way that will set up Barkley for success. Uh, you know, early on in the game, you know, teams can just focus more on slowing down Barkley. And then later in the game, when you, you could see dump-offs to Barkley, why even risk it and have him out there? So that's kind of what we saw. They, they took him out pretty early uh, last week. Um, you know, he's still a low-end RB2, I think, just based on talent alone. 
Uh, but running backs, they, they do need their, their offense to be successful and set them up, you know, for some success that, that just isn't happening him, for him right now. Uh, and, you know, another stud running back that I'm low on is Derrick Henry um, uh, against the Jaguars. Uh, you know, he's my RB17 right now. Uh, he's coming off a dud where Tajay Spears, again, outscored him. Uh, just thanks to, to being a, you know, a trailing game script. That, that's typically going to be much, much better for Spears. Um, could be a similar situation this week as, you know, the Titans are close to seven-point underdogs uh, against the Jaguars, who rank third in DVOA against the run. So it's going to be tough for Henry even early in the game uh, to get going. Uh, so as of now for this matchup, I view him as a more of a mid-range RB2 than RB1, which is where ECR has him right now. Yeah, it's been a been a tough year for Henry. I think just, I mean, it, he hasn't looked bad. At, it's just, yeah. uh, and he has been a little more involved in the pass game, but like his underlying usage is just not quite where it was throughout you know most of that stretch. You know, now that Spears is getting you know kind of two thirds of the, I mean, a third of the snaps. Yeah, uh, he never really shared the backfield like that before. So, or in a, in a minute. So, uh, yeah, he is. I was surprised to see him. Uh, where do I have him? 17th. Yeah, I was surprised yeah. to see him that well in my rankings as well. I'm low on Najee Harris. Uh, I mean, kind of just explained it <laughs> for uh, this, the, you know, this kind of backfield. You're starting to see a changing of the guard here, and it's not an easy matchup. So I don't, you know, some some of those matchups, like last week against Green Bay, you saw both backs be productive. But in this one, Cleveland's number one in DVOA against the run. They're sixth in DVOA on passes to running backs, so it's going to be tough. And if Pittsburgh gets down in the game, uh, you could see an even uh, a bigger split with you know Warren, you know, seeing a lot more snaps because I think he's kind of the preferred, you know, passing down back, you know, more explosive guy. Najee's probably going to get more work if they're in clock killing mode. And I mean, Steelers are the under underdog Tomlin spot, so mm. I'm not going to count the Steelers games <laughs> positive game script out at all, but. Uh, still, you know, in terms of a medium projection, uh, yeah. Najee Harris, I, I have him outside the top 30. He's still in the top, just outside the top 25 in the ECR. So I think, uh, I think he's going to keep, he's probably going to keep dropping as, as more people kind of look at the, uh, the, the numbers from last week and how the yeah. snaps broke down. But overall, yeah, I think, uh, I think, you know, Najee is tough because I know he was drafted, he was drafted pretty high, right? What top? Low end top RB... 15 or 20? Yeah, top 15. Oh, 20, definitely right? top 15. Yeah. He had to be RB 12 or 13 in uh, okay. ADP. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah. if somebody with a shitload of Jalen Warren shares, uh, it's about <laughs> damn time. Not that Najee has looked bad this year, just Warren looks better. Absolutely. And he has, I mean, that's been the issue, you know, last year too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, Oh, by the way, how about that Keaton Mitchell prop you said? Oh my god! I so he had it and then he lost it. So he had thirty nine yards on the first play of the game. I know. I think, I okay, know. Uh, what? And he fin- what? What did he do? Like three? He lost like two. He lost like five yards on the next two carries, and and I won. And that prop. was it. Uh, yeah. I did see. I mean, he was playing through the hamstring injury. I saw Harbaugh say they want to get him more touches going forward. No shit. Uh, but he also had a long reception too. So I just I, I had no idea that I lost Hilarious. that bet. Yeah, um, I, it was. But, I couldn't believe it either. I was. I looked at like line, what, though. but I told. I told you he was probably only going to get like RB three. Like work, he only got like four or I, five touches. And I, I like, said, I, I don't care. He, he could still pop off for a big <laughs> run. Did. We were, we were big, both. Yeah, it was a classic situation. We were both we were right. Both right. You got the. You won the bet fair and square, but 
damn, like, um, yeah, like he, he does deserve more work going forward. Uh, hopefully this hamstring injury does go away soon. I'm a bit worried that they, they plan such a short week. Uh, but yeah, he just looks explosive out there. And I, I think Gus Edwards still has his role, but you know, Mitchell can absolutely overtake this backfield over the next couple weeks. Well, that's good. Cause we, uh, we are going to go with a key Mitchell oh, prop. Again. Oh no. <laughs> so he had last week, he had 71 yards on four touches the week before he had 134 yards on 10 touches. Yeah. Whew. Um, uh, kudos to you for trying to set this line. I, I, uh, I don't know what I'd put it up. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm kind of, I'm looking at my projections now, uh, and I'm trying to see like how I might <laughs> Can't further you're update this to them. yourself. Yeah. No, uh, no props for him up yet, but there are Gus Edwards props. Mm, yeah, but that's no. I, w- I want to do Mitchell because Mitchell's really the guy. No, no, who's I, like I know. But just by looking at their prop, um, yeah, I, I can kind of tell where they'd set Mitchell up. All right, let's see. So rushing and receiving yards, right? Yep. But I'm gonna go with forty-four and a half. I wrote down forty-seven and a half. Um, forty-four and a half is a really good number. I want to be investing in his over though, so give me the over. Yeah, I figured. I figured that's that's where you'd go. But, but they, uh, uh, yeah, they have Gus Edwards at forty-seven and a half yards, which I think is a bit too high. I think it's a bit too high. I have him. I I have him forty-eight. So I mean, I think they're. I mean, that's just to open a week. But yeah, I have him. I have him right on uh, around there. Um, so I the, do have Mitchell getting the, uh, a, a bump from from last week. Justice yeah. taking you know dive, but I'm thinking. I'm thinking though with that prop, they will have Mitchell like. I'm assuming we'll get props on him around 34 and a half yards mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. or right around the line. I set last week. I think that's yeah. where it's going to be. And I probably wouldn't touch that. I, I think I would be more interested in like a rushing plus receiving yards prop for him. Uh, just one more path for a big play for him. I think that's kind of the market I would rather invest in him. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, he's cause, like, you know, he had that 39 yard run and still ended up with 34 yards last week. Yeah. <laughs> last week. But he had so a big reception, too. So, exactly. So, yeah, yeah. You, want the, you want the chance yeah. to hit both. The holiday season is right around the corner and it's about to get busy. Don't let that stop you from sticking to your habits and being the best version of yourself. That's where our friends at Caldera Lab come in one minute in the morning, one minute at night can be all the difference you need for clearer skin. These guys are the best at the skincare game and with an easy routine to keep your face looking fresh no matter your schedule. It's just three steps. One is the clean slate, which is a face wash to start and end your day. Two, the base layer, which is a daily moisturizer to hydrate your skin. And three is the good, which is an eye serum you can put on at night to help your skin look tighter and smoother. Plus, what's a better gift than clear skin? Join the 100,000 men who trust Caldera Lab to show your best self this holiday season. And just for our listeners, we have an exclusive deal. Use code TAN at calderalab.com for 20% off right now. That's 20% off with code TAN at calderalab.com. Make unforgettable first impressions with Caldera Lab. Wide receiver, top five, who you got? Uh, Tyreek Hill, A.J. Brown, Keenan Allen, Jamar Chase, and CeeDee Lamb. I think that that breaks a 23-week streak of Stephon Diggs Diggs. being in my top five. Tough matchup. I mean, he he did get 10 catches in the first one. Uh, So I guess it's not like for him. It's probably tougher for Josh than for him specifically. But, um, yeah, I have have the same top five. A little different order. Hill, A.J. Brown, CeeDee Lamb third. 
Yeah. Chase four and uh Keenan five. But yeah, same same idea. Um and I already like the guys you're high on, but uh who you got? Um yeah, so in the top forty, uh it's it seems pretty straightforward. There's not many guys I'm like way higher on. So just gonna highlight a couple of wide receiver four bench type guys. I think offer upside, you know, this week and going forward. But the first one's Michael Wilson. Um, he's my wide receiver 44. So again, you're probably not starting him in most leagues. But, you know, they're facing the Texans. This game has shootout potential. It's the highest total of the week right now, I believe. Um, you, you know, and I mentioned when you were talking about Kyler earlier that the cards have been run heavy all year. But last week, they had the fourth highest pass rate on early downs in neutral situations. So, um, that's a good sign for the, the entire passing offense going forward. Uh, big for a pass catcher like Wilson, who, who's essentially discount Gabe Davis. Like if you look at his underlying data, he looks exactly like Gabe Davis to me. You know, he has an A dot of 15, sees a target rate around 15% uh, most weeks. Um, so he's capable of having spiked weeks, uh, but also has established a pretty good floor. You know, he has four straight games of three or more receptions. Um, so he's, he's like a really sneaky play to have. If you're like a big underdog, like I rather play a guy like him than like an Elijah Moore type, who's more of a safer high floor option. Um, so it's always good to have like the Michael Wilson types in your back pocket, you know, similar like Deshaun Jackson or Robbie Anderson, guys like that. I think he's kind of in that mold. Uh, and the other guys, Jalen Guyton, um, you know, he's my wide receiver 56, ECR still has him outside of the top 70. Uh, I think they're just recycling last week's rank. He's going to be much higher once people update their projections. But I was on him last week after that zero catch game because he was running around on 75% of Herbert's dropbacks. And Quentin Johnson just might not be ready to step up as the number two receiver. So uh, Guyton could be that guy. And last week, you know, he had a solid four catch, 41 yard game with a touchdown. So um he he's another just high upside wide receiver four where some weeks he might be herbert's number two target number two or number three target so uh he's worth a flyer again if, if if you're more of an underdog type i think he has a high ceiling uh but he's definitely some guy to stash in deeper leagues yeah man it, it, uh you just won that i think i set the line at like 36 and a half and if you finished like 34 great line. Yeah, yeah yeah no, we, we've been on it um but you got I mean, a touchdown though so yeah, yeah, yeah. He had a much better game. He scored the touchdown, but mid thirties is his probably his median right now, which isn't great. But he should only get better. Yeah, and like like Wilson too. You know, good time to start investing in. Always love start to invest in these rookies. You know, second mm-hmm. half of the season. Uh, speaking of which, I mean, it just is just rinse and repeat every week. Tank Dell for me. Uh, <laughs> yeah, he he's my wide receiver ten. He's wide receiver twenty two in ECR. I don't get it. And and I have projected, I have him number 10 with Nico Collins projected to uh, return. So nice. I, you know, I, I just think that you have Kyler Murray back that adds uh, a little bit of life to the Arizona pass offense. You're not going to necessarily get in uh, as much of a you know run heavy game script as you might if Arizona was still, um, you know, I, I don't want to say Dobbs, but, but I think he was not, he wasn't great you know, at, for that last month with, uh, with the Cardinals. So, uh, but they're 30th in pass defense DVOA and Tank Dell is on the year, you know, the wide receiver 16 in points per game. But remember he had, you know, a couple of games where he got hurt and, and well, in that first game of the year, he wasn't really playing as much because they had Woods and Brown starting. And then he had another game where he got hurt. So he had two games under 50% routes run. And he's still the wide receiver 16 in points per game. 
And that's because, you know, since coming back from that concussion, he's run a route on an average of 92% of the dropbacks. And he's been above 82% in every other game. So he has two games under 50, but uh, 82, 84, 82 in the first half, you know, before going down and then 93, 87, 98% uh, since coming back. So, you know, he's whether Nico's in or out, Brown, <laughs> Woods, whoever it is, this guy's right. going to be on the field about 80 to 100% of the time, essentially. Yeah. Like we, we know that. So I have him pretty conservatively projected for an 82, 83% route run rate, which is, his season medium with the, you know, the two games that he was below 50 and he's still my wide receiver. Too. So he might actually rise if, uh, if Nico <laughs> Collins is, uh, ends up indeed being out because Robert Woods is just not going to command the same type of uh, target per route run rate uh, share that, uh, that Collins would. So uh, like, love me some tank down yet again. Yep. So we got to keep hammering. I mean, he's just such a good route runner. Yeah. Like, it's just absurd. Yeah, and this wide receiver room, I just it's been a mess that we haven't seen everybody healthy yet. So a few weeks ago, I was like, be careful about Robert Woods, Noah Brown's back. And then last week, I was saying, be careful about Noah Brown, Robert Woods is back, and then Nico Collins is out. But at the end of the day, the only guy that we can absolutely trust is like a fringe wide receiver one, no matter what, is Tank Dell. I think if Nico returns this week, like that's going to hurt, you know, Brown. Obviously, I think Woods is going to be the odd man out. Yeah, um, but you can't but, bench no like no Browns. I mean, he's he's he just had what back to back 150 yard games. I, at, at this point, it's well, it's got to be Woods is the number four. Oh yeah, for be. sure. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But I think yeah, Nico probably won't be producing as a high end wide receiver two anymore because Noah Brown deserves <laughs> targets now. But uh, C.J. Stroud is good enough to support three mm-hmm. or four fantasy yeah. relevant pass catchers. We've we've arrived at that point, but. No matter how it shakes out, Tank Dell's always going to be like a top 15 wide receiver is what I've realized over the past few weeks. Yeah, you know what this this reminds me of? Um, remember how that, far back remember are when, we going? No, a couple years. Remember when oh. the pre-injury Dak had – or not, I don't even know if it was pre-injury, but oh. when Dallas didn't have like a great defense yet and Dak <laughs> was throwing for like 300, 350 every week and they had like Cooper, CeeDee Lamb, Gallup, Cedric Wilson, Doug oh, Schultz, like all of them were fantasy relevant, essentially. That was like, like the, the year he played just the first four games and then got hurt. Maybe, yeah, four like or five. Like a multi-week. Yeah, and, and I think yeah. even the year before, I think, like those when Cooper was still there, essentially. So, because um, there was a year when like Wilson and Gallup kind of each played only like, like Gallup only played nine yeah. games <laughs> and then Wilson filled in, but they both finished as like top 50 receivers. It was, yeah, it was that's Cooper, what this reminds me of. Cooper, Gallup, and Lamb all just top 20 receivers mm-hmm. i remember and then brown and cedric wilson were both getting like 25 yeah. routes run per game and like deep flyers <laughs> yeah and uh dalton schultz i think he was already established by then but yeah yep, he, yep, he was yep. also it solid was, yeah yeah and it was so and it's like now you got schultz and brown here so it's kind of you just you're just running it back on the, in a different part of texas maybe so. schultz is the key to the whole thing yeah, I mean he's balling. He's balling too. I mean everyone's balling. Stroud is just making these guys into stars. That's that's really the bottom yeah. line. I mean, uh, when you have a great quarterback, that's that's what happens. So, uh, yeah, like uh, like Tank Dell. Uh, who are you low on? Uh, so these uh, these two guys I was super high on a few weeks ago, uh, and, and the first guy is Jordan Addison. Um, you know, he stepped up with Justin Jefferson out, which wasn't too surprising, but. With Jefferson potentially returning, you know, 
and KJ Osborne also likely returning, there's a decent chance Addison goes back to the number three wide receiver role. Um, you know, hopefully he's proven himself enough now to be the wide receiver in, in two wide sets and leapfrog Osborne, but it's it's not a guarantee. Uh, so he could see a hit with that. Plus, you know, while Dobbs has been amazing, uh, he doesn't offer the same passing upside as Kirk Cousins because he's much more willing to scramble. You know, he's running for 40 to 60 yards a game. So that's going to take away from players like Addison. Uh, plus, you know, TJ Hawkinson has become even more of a target monster. So it's just going to be hard for, you know, Dobbs to feed all these players. So I just think of Addison back to where he was earlier in the season where, um, you know, he kind of needs a touchdown to, to have fancy value. I don't know if we could bank on five catches for 60 yards right now. So um, he, he's more of like a, you know, really low end wide receiver flex with a ton of upside based on talent, but with Justin Jefferson returning, uh, you know, I'm much lower on him than ECR right now. Uh, and the other guy uh, was Rasheed Rice. Um, you know, he's established himself as the Chiefs number one receiver. You know, his his routes run rate is stabilized around 60%. But now that he's getting all this playing time, his target rate's taken a hit. He has a 24% target rate on the season, but it's only 16% over the last four. It's almost like the Chiefs don't target the receivers that are out there all the time and yeah. target the guys and just play a few snaps. It's just been a headache projecting the receivers all year, and Rice is no different. So, uh, again, the, the offense flows through Travis Kelsey, just making this wide receiver room very volatile. Uh, you know, we could see, um, you know, Miko Harbin's role grow a little bit going forward. I think uh, Richie James is returning this week. So, it, it's just a mess right now. So, I have Rice outside of my top 40 right now where mm. ECR has him. Wide receiver 32, I'll have to investigate that. Could be an issue on my end, but I, I'm much lower on him than ECR right now. I'm uh, 35, so I'm a little lower than ECR, but higher than you. I just, you know, number one, I think, coming out of the bye, rookie wide receiver, second half of the year, has been yeah. their best receiver. I just, like, those are usually situations I target, so I don't want to fade him too much. I, I just kind of have him, I have him for 60% routes run, which is basically yeah. his average over the fi- uh, past three games. And, uh, yeah, that's where I'm landing at uh, wide receiver 35. I am low on Deontay Johnson. Uh, He's my wide receiver 37. Mm. He's 28 in ECR. And uh, this Cleveland defense is tough. It looks like Denzel Ward escaped with just like a neck strain from that dirty hit. So sounds like he's going to play this weekend. uh, And that's going to be – uh, a problem because this Cleveland defense is number one in DVOA against the pass. They're number one in DVOA against number one wide receivers. And we've already seen Deontay Johnson's floor. He had just one catch for 17 yards uh, last week on four targets. So, and remember, he still only had the one touchdown over the past, like what, two and two years and change. So <laughs> yeah. you don't have a ton of touchdown equity. You're playing a, you're playing the top defense in the league. You know, your floor is, you know, one or two catches. Uh, you know, at some point, you're probably going to get a, a Pickens bounce back. It's just, yeah. uh, you even could get Fryermuth back. He's eligible to come off. The, I haven't heard anything. Mm. Uh, it's early in the week, but he's eligible, I believe, to come off. So uh, just, and Kenny Pickett, I mean, he's just <laughs> not playing well. So I, I don't want, I don't want to have yeah. to, to rely on Johnson as like uh wide receiver two or even like if, if I'm starting him like as a wide receiver four flex if I can help it like I really don't want to start him this week against Cleveland at, at all all right where are you going for props um 
So I'm going to go, which Seattle wide receiver will have more receiving yards this week against the Rams? Tyra Lockett or DK Metcalf? Uh, who's the favorite? Just in case they uh, I'll say Lockett's the favorite by minus a half a yard. It seems like this happens every year where Lockett's drafted way lower than Metcalf. And by this time of year, I'm projecting him higher. Yeah, I mean, I'm high on I, every time we do the offseason pods, I'm like Tyler yeah. Lockett. That's the guy I'm high on. Like this guy is that going to change next year? You think? Uh, why? Or, why would it? I don't, it looks fine to me. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't blame you, but uh, yeah, he's um, uh, he's getting up there in age, but it doesn't matter. Still, still as good as he was five years ago. Yeah, I mean, and because I mean, the thing about it is the market, whatever, however much I knock him down, the market tends to True. knock him down like another ten spots. So it's like, even if he, if I do have him like as my wide receiver, like thirty five, the market <laughs> will probably have him like forty five, yeah. and I'll still be high on him. Uh, okay, let's see. You said you said Lock is the favorite for yardage. Yeah, just minus a half, just okay. to break a tie. I actually have DK, so I'm gonna go DK. Um, so oh. I have DK about six, seven yards higher. The thing is, Lockett, I have him uh, high with a higher touchdown rate because that's like this year. You know, that's what's kind of been happening. It's Lockett's yeah. really been, uh, you know, scoring touchdowns, and um, you know, that's kind of been where he's been getting a lot of his value. He did have a slow game in week one against the Rams, just 10 yards. DK had 47. So I forget if Lockett was banged up in that one or not, but um, mm. either way, yeah, I think DK's DK is usually going to be the favorite for yards, but Tyler, like, I mean, just what he does getting open in the back of the end zone, things like that. Like he's, he's become a, a better, more prolific touchdown scorer than Metcalf these days. Yeah. Uh, so uh, yeah, I'll, I'll go with uh, I'll go with DK Metcalf though. And, and Metcalf like... had a, a season high in uh, route participation mm. last week, ninety four percent. So that, that's a good sign for DK too. Should be about that every week. Uh, sounds like you probably have him ranked really close then, right? Yeah, uh, Lockett sixteen, DK twenty. So uh, again, I have okay. Lockett about. Let's see, I have Lockett projected for point four five touchdowns and DK at point three three. So like. Uh, that's that's what's kind of separating gotcha. them. But I do have DK with a few more yards, but a fewer catches. So Lockett, more catches and more touchdowns. All right, can't wait for them to both go for sixty-four yards and you win by that stupid half half yard <laughs> I gave you. It's hilarious. <laughs> As a reminder, the Action Network podcast is presented by Bet MGM. Use bonus code Action when signing up to get up to fifteen hundred dollars paid back in bonus bets. If your first bet loses for new users in Arizona, Colorado, Illinois, Indiana, Iowa, Kentucky, Louisiana, Maryland, Massachusetts, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, and Wyoming. Terms and conditions apply. Must be 21 or older. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. All right. Tight end. Who you got? Top five. Uh, Travis Kelsey, obviously number one. Uh, then letting it ride with Trey McBride at number two. Uh, then TJ Hawkinson, Evan Ingram, and Dalton Kincaid. Ooh, I got uh, Kelsey Hawkinson, Andrews, Kittle, Laporta. So a little, little, little more standard. Nice. Uh, who are you high on? Uh, well, I'm high on Trey McBride. Uh, you know, he's my tight end two to, to open the, up the week, which is crazy over TJ Hawkinson right now. But uh, had another just massive game last week. Eight catches for 131 yards. Looked great doing it. You know, we were talking about James Conner, what was it, last year, two years ago? Mm-hmm. Uh, just He passed the eye test. He was yep. 
just balling out. Evan Ingram, same thing last year, uh, just really turned the corner. McBride's looking great right now. He's always been, you know, very talented tight end, just needed the chance. So uh, his only bad game recently was against the Browns with Clayton Tune on her center. So we yep. can certainly forgive him for that. Uh, and as I mentioned, the Cardinals were much more pass heavy last week. Could open up for even more yards for them going forward. And Houston's allowed the most fancy points per game to tight ends. So this is just a great spot for him. Could be a shootout with C.J. Stroud just tearing it up on the other side. That's only going to help somebody like McBride. So uh, that's why as of now, you know, it's it's very close, but he has the slight lead over T.J. Hawkins for me at the tight end two slot. Yeah, I mean, it, it really depends on Jefferson too, right? Yes. If Jefferson comes yeah. back, then you're that's just cutting into everyone's yep. target share. Um, but yeah, I have him, I have him T six to start the week. So I still have like the more standard guys in the top five, but, um, McBride is right there, uh, for me and uh, we'll see how the, see how the week unfolds. But uh, yeah, um, Hawkinson is kind of the toughest to rank at this point, just because we don't know if Jefferson's coming back and we also haven't seen Dobbs with Jefferson's whole, it's going to be tough. Um, but I am high on Tyler Conklin randomly. Uh, I mean, I guess not randomly, but, uh, you know, usually not talking about these <laughs> just Jets passing game, but I have Conklin tight end 15 and, uh, ECR has him a couple, two, three spots lower at Buffalo. Pretty good matchup. They're 29th in DVOA against tight ends and Conklin quietly has, four or more catches in five of his last eight games and 50 or more yards in, in, in five of his last eight games. He had seven catches, 70 yards uh, last week, six catches, 66 yards the week before. And this Buffalo defense, you know, with all the safeties banged up with Milano out, it's just been a defense that, you know, they've had to give more help to their corners on the outside because Trey White is out. So you, you're just seeing teams start to go to, the tight end uh, against them. And I mean, we saw Lucas Kroll being, being used uh, a little package last, last night against, uh, or on Monday night football against the, uh, against the bills. So I do think Conklin is a guy who, you know, is kind of sneaky and, but uh, you know, tight ends, you can't really argue with uh, routes in production. He's running around about 70% of the dropbacks and uh, he's getting you to four catches uh, over half, over half the time, which uh, you can't say that about too many tight ends. So, uh, like Conklin this week. Who you low on? Uh, I'm low on our boy Che Huanku. Uh, you know, he's just been frustrating this year because, um, you know, he's been hovering around the, the high tight end two fringe at times. seems like every week he's good for three to four catches for 30 to 40 yards. Uh, you know, we're just waiting for him to break out like we saw last year. But uh, last week was probably the final nail in his coffin uh, being – a high end tight end too because Josh Wiley, uh, the rookie, saw a huge increase in playing time. So Chig's routes uh, run rate dipped below sixty percent, uh, I think, for the first time all year. Yep. Um, but yeah, that that is not a good sign. And and now I think we can comfortably rank him as more of a low end tight end too. Uh, like I said, he's just kind of been toying with us all season. But uh, you know, as of now, I think we can finally move on from Chig. Yeah, I mean, he, the targets, the target rate has been above twenty percent in two of the three games with Levis. But yeah, when the, if the routes are going down, it's tough to kind of uh, get behind that because yeah, we don't like we don't know if that was just a one game thing or if that's going to be a trend yeah. with why we. But uh, yeah, I know I saw that too. So yeah, I have. Uh, yeah, I'm like tight end twenty. I'm eighteen, so kind of <laughs> still in there in that mix, but. Uh, yeah, I mean, he had a season high eighty four percent route 
participation rate the week before and then <laughs> down to 56 yeah. which is a seasonal low so yeah it's just tough to project like i'm not i'm using i'm giving about 60 just a little over 60 so i'm not going all the way down to 56 again uh just because again the week before he had a season high but yeah definitely uh, about 10 15 lower than his season uh normal rate i am low on gerald everett uh, he's my tight end 21 he's tight end 15 in ecr and He's only top three catches and thirty and top thirty yards once each in his eight games played this year. He's only got two touchdowns on a year. Uh, Green Bay's not has been pretty average against the tight end position, and Everett's dealing with an injury, I believe. I think it's mm-hmm. a back injury or something. But uh, it's kind of been a story for him all year. He's been banged up, and he just hasn't been putting up volume stats. And he's only been running around about fifty percent of the dropbacks. So it's really tough to trust him as a top 15 tight end this week. I think there are better options, you know, guys like Luke Musgrave uh, that you can look to, Conklin even. Uh, you know, I know Everett's attached to Justin Herbert, but it's just, uh, you know, you just haven't seen the production. If, you, if, you, if you're only clearing three catches once a year, when a guy like Conklin has, you know, got yeah. top you know, four or more catches and over half his games, and you, like it's, you can't justify, like we're already in week 11, you can't justify keeping Everett in the uh, top 15. Yeah, which is disappointing because, uh, again, with Mike Williams and Josh Palmer out, you know, you think he could step up as, like, a top three option, but just hasn't been there. He he did last year. He stepped up when, you know, uh, Keenan Allen, Mike Williams were down, but uh, just hasn't been the same this year. Yep. All right, let's see. What are we going to do for the prop? A lot of good options this week. I know. <laughs> and um... last week was fun ranking tight ends with no Kelsey. I, I had, like, Laporta, Kincaid. Uh, well, at one point, I had um, Dalton Schultz as my tight end one. It was all super yeah, close. Yeah, though. no, it's and now Kelsey's back. But uh, yeah. let's go with Conklin because he's a he's that okay. fringe guy uh, that I think is going to be in the mix. So thirty three and a half. Oh, I wrote thirty, so I got to go under. Uh, that's a good line. Um, yeah, yeah, and the Bills. I, I mean, the Bills aren't as tough against tight ends right now with Milano on the shelf. Um, See, I'll take I'll take the under, but that's a good line. Yeah, I have it uh, I have it right around there um, in yeah. my projections as well. But uh, yeah, I'm surprised to see how consistent he's been. Yeah. Um, this season, uh, but I guess I mean the Jet. I mean you get nothing from Lazard, nothing from Cobb, so <laughs> kind of makes sense. They cut uh, Michael Carter. Ooh, I didn't even see that. Yeah, uh, that's it happened interesting. like a few minutes ago. Oh, Izzy, uh, time for Izzy. Yeah, yeah, the door is open. Yep. Uh, All right, that's going to do it for our Week 11 NFL Player Projections episode of the Action Network Podcast presented by BetMGM. For more great fantasy content from Sean and I, be sure to check our full fantasy preview episode out now over on the Fantasy Flex Podcast channel. If you're into betting, my weekly betting preview episode with Stucky drops every Thursday right here on the Action Network Podcast channel. ActionNetwork.com for all of our NFL fantasy and betting content. FantasyLabs.com for our DFS tools and models. Don't forget to join the Action Network Discord. Link in the episode description. You can find Sean on X at the underscore oddsmaker. I'm at Chris Raybon. We're at those same handles on the free award-winning Action Network app. Until next time, let's get this money. Network reminds you, please gamble responsibly. If you or someone you care about has a gambling problem, help is available 24-7 at 1-800-GAMBLER.